Welcome to a podcast. A good podcast about board games and my wife. A very good podcast in which I persuade her. Also, let's not start by saying very good. We don't understand it yet. Is it, yeah, but it's ironic. Why is it ironic? What's the irony? I think maybe this is a good intro. <laughs> oh, we're going? Okay. Oh, crumbs. <laughs> you got a surprise. Welcome to Board Games with My Wife with me, Jack, and my wife, Lottie. Hello. This is a Bird with Games podcast. Bird with Games being our little publisher with Kickstarter projects coming this autumn. We got, we got, we got, we got. You need to get in that that seat and buckle it in because we've got some exciting news coming a few over a few coming weeks and months. Yeah, you, that sounded like we we're going to reveal the news now. No, we're, we're not. not. But we are soon. We promise. We've been. Do you want to like, open up the top with the opening up the top? I don't know what that means. Is it like? Is it like you want to open up with the big news? Or is it why you're you looking at me like that? Have you ever seen me before? The, the, the giveaway. Oh right, I was going to get there. Oh okay, fine. You're hurrying me along. Um... You can find Bird with Games, before I tell you about our exciting game, on social media. We are at Bird with Games. Birdwood, like the bird, and then wood as in trees. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love it if you came and chatted with us. We like to natter about games. We do. We love games of all descriptions and all sizes. We also have a really exciting, if I do say so myself, monthly newsletter, which you can subscribe to by going to birdwoodgames.co.uk. And in the next newsletter... On April the 2nd, there is going to be a teaser for our board game. There's going to the be a teaser. one that we've been nattering about. Yeah, there's there'll going to be a, be a teaser. teaser. And there's going to be more to come from that, but that's going to be the first of many. And it's yeah. going to be excited. And there's something else that's going on at the moment which is exciting. Can I just finish my board game? I didn't realise there was a whole script and a spiel with the, on the auto cue here. It just says, I sit silently. <laughs> then can you abide, please, with the auto cue instructions? I was just going to say that we release our exclusive sneak peeks with the newsletter first. So if you're interested in what we're working on, then do subscribe there because that's where it's all cracking off. Shall I tell you about something exciting that's been happening? You can stop sitting silent. Oh, okay, there. yes, you can tell me about something exciting that's been happening. And, uh, and the fans. The all fans. four of you. The fans? The fans. Tell the fans what they can get involved in. The people listening? Yeah, I assume they're our fans. If they're this deep, they're either one of two things. They're either our fans, or three things. Our fans, our family, or they, they're a bit lost and they're just like, what's this? Or they're collecting evidence on us for some court case uh, yes. that we don't know. Crimes against or games. they've come back in time to find out why we did what we did. Yeah. Do you know yet? <laughs> uh, so the exciting thing, uh, Birdwood Games is running a huge competition One more uh, time? this month. Huge. You have to say it like that because it is so huge. Um, so we're running a competition to win the complete collection of Everdell, which is currently live on Kickstarter uh, and being run by Starling Games. We have backed the complete collection and we will be giving it away to one lucky winner. Yes, that is correct. One lucky, one lucky person will be walking away with that copy in like I think it's coming like March, March, March twenty twenty two. So a little while you got to wait, but it's a mega kit. You get what do you get? You get Everdell. You get Pearlbrook. You get Spirecrest. You get Belfair. You get the new expansions, Mistwood and New Leaf. New Leaf. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I well, just wrapped that, that off the top of my head. It was great marketing for starting. Like, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and so if you are interested in entering the competition, it will be live by the time you're listening. It will still be live. Um, no, possibly live by the time you're listening. Depends on when they're listening. It will be live by the time <laughs> this episode is released. You are nothing but a pain in my ass. <laughs> well, I don't want people thinking like, oh, is it still live? It ends on the 20th of March. <laughs> the 20th of March. It ends in, in the 20th of March. March 20th. Hang on. It will be ending. It's running from the 10th of March to the 24th of March. So it ends the 24th of March. So if you're listening to this... And on the day it comes out, hello, we very, we very much appreciate you. And it, you've got about just under a week left, to, well, a couple of days left to get involved, yeah. haven't you? And so to get involved, you need to go to Birdwood Games on Instagram. That's Birdwood, B-I-R-D-W-O-O-D, Games, on Instagram. 
and you can enter via the competition post there and you can get entries by liking and following Bird on Instagram, tagging a friend in the post and you can get two entries Two, two entries two. by subscribing to the Bird of Games newsletter, which I don't know if you if I have mentioned uh, before, there is exciting stuff coming and we are and it's giddy. A, it's a very good newsletter if I do say so myself. I, I, I don't know why one. I say so myself because I don't do any of the newsletter, but it's a very good newsletter. And there um in the next uh, newsletter there'll also be an interview with Ellie of the Dark Imp, uh, who is an incredible British board game designer as well. So there's loads of good stuff going loads on. Loads going on, it's all going on, it's all going off. We're cracking on. Uh so that's exciting. That's very exciting. That I was the big thing to cover, wasn't I think it? That's, yeah. Yes, I think, we, you, I think we covered it very well. Well done us. Well done us. Kudos, <laughs> Let's pat ourselves on the back. We're actually doing it. That actually looks really awkward. And <laughs> it's, like, like... it's like I've done it. It's like I pulled something in the back of yeah. my back. It's actually you, quite... You have a pain. It's actually like I've got a bit of a stretch on here. It's, it's yeah. quite nice, but also quite painful at the same time. Mm, interesting. What's caught your eye this week? I can tell you what's caught my eye. I've Since the last time... Pardon? I've brought nothing. Classic. Since the last time we spoke, I have backed two games on Kickstarter. Oh, you have? You've got, you've got Kickstarter giddy. Someone needs to take away my credit card and my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> could we just not, or we could just not back things on Kickstarter. No, you must take my credit card and eyeballs. Um, the first game that I backed is Gift of Tulips, designed by Sarah Perry and published by Weird Giraffe Games. And this looks like such a peaceful uh, gameplay. It's about uh, creating beautiful bouquets with your friends and is set in Amsterdam where tulips obviously are famed for their beauty and um tulipicity I was going to say veracity but we can go with tulipicity oh quite a tricky word actually I did that a word I've just made it up uh, and that is closing on the 26th of March so you'll still have time if you're listening on the day of release to have a look at that and back if you'd like to and the second game I backed is a game called Three Sisters a backyard farming roll and write game so get in my basket and take my money um, and that's uh, published by MCG and is designed by Matt Riddle I think and I think it's Adam Hill and Ben Pinchback anyway they're definitely the people behind MCG but they're also the designers behind Stella and Pipe Mats which if you're a long term listener of this podcast you'll know that they're some of our favourite punching above their weight car games they're yes, little games they that deliver, really, deliver a really lot more than you'd expect from a little package yeah. but this um, I couldn't resist because it's basically about having an allotment in a roll and write yes. and so I was like well I think if that. a game is about farming nature what else? Magic, magical animals. Yeah, those those things for you are like you can't you can't resist. Like we bought a couple of games recently, then we looked at them all next to each other, and they're all like <laughs> animal themed, like nature games about like some of them about farming <laughs> and about like preserving like 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 stuff and like meadows and those sorts of yeah. things. It's just like there you go. Do you kind of feel like you're in a bit of a simulation now of board games where you can just see you used to have like quite a lot of heavy darker games, and yeah. now it's like mostly about. Animals and pumpkins. We get occasionally heavy dark one, and you're like, you just cross your arms and like, no, no, I don't. I play the heavy dark ones, and then I whoop your ass. And then you cross your arms and go, no. <laughs> it's just a lot. It's a lot to play. Yeah, it was, you often have to have a nap before we play, though. I do. You don't I have to have a nap have before we play the farming games. I also have and you nap. beat me at the farming games as well, so I don't really. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just taking part, really. You're not taking part. You win more often than me. <laughs> but who's counting? Not me. Apparently so. <laughs> Has anything caught your eye that you don't? I I, I I was just talked about Everdale, but then that's kind of we did a competition on that. So I no, no there's nothing that's caught my eye. Well, do you want to talk us through what's the? It's an impressive offering on the the new. I've already given the. I've already given the spiel. I've what do you want to talk pitch? about? Newly from Misswood. Uh, I actually don't know much about them, if I'm being perfectly honest. So I'm, Shall I talk about Newly? Yeah, from I think Misswood? you should. Well, it looks like Misswood is an exciting. they spiders. Thank you. Thank God you're here. Thank God. I mean, and a train. What would you do without Cheers. me? 
I think I'd probably just carry on. I think it would be more productive podcast if it was just you yeah. talking to yourself. Uh, so it looks like Mistwood is a solo and two-player version of Everdell, which is really fun and exciting for you and I if we decide yes. to back it ourselves, um, because we play a lot of our games just the two of us. Yes, it is. Also, what else we back this week as well? We did do more backing as well, didn't we? Which is not a good, good sign for us. Oh uh, yeah, the root. We got back the root expansions, and we also backed the root expansions because I think it will be finished or very nearly finished by the time this episode airs. It will be done. But I yeah, was reading into it, and I was thinking, I surely don't need any more root expansions. But then I was reading the reviews about how uh, good the clockwork factions are for enhancing the two-player experience, and I was like. Damn it! <laughs> um, and we got you that Mark and Spiel. They, well, they did, and obviously the later games have put the clockwork expansions only in the most expensive pledge. And I was like, "You just want my money, don't you, Patrick?" <laughs> he does. Who to collect it personally? Do you think that's what he does? Yeah, every Kickstarter <laughs> ringing pledge. a bell. There's eighteen thousand four hundred eight backers as of recording. He has to go around all of their houses and be like, Can I "Have your money, please." Yeah. That's the personal touch. The personal, like, <laughs> aggressive touch. Aggressive touch. You're going, going nation to nation, <laughs> collecting the money. Uh, that would be a lot of work, work, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think you could do Kickstarter cash in hand. No, that's probably why no one does. Thanks for interrupting uh, my explanation of Misswood and New Leaf. I'm, I'm, glad I could, I'm glad I could bring insight and real kind of, you know, like, decorum to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and New Leaf, returning to Everdale, is... What looks like the final expansion for Everdell, which, if you're familiar with the board, looks like it's going to be slotting on the right-hand side. So we've got Pearlbrook on the left, um, Belfair at the top, Spirecrest at the back, and then finally Newleaf on the side with a train. Train. It looks like you're like it sounds like you're, it sounds like you've gone like slightly insane. You're describing that. Also, what well, does it sound like? It? The motions were quite. You very much did a. Your laptop's gone off, hasn't it? <laughs> I get, I get the absolute, before we sit down, it's like, make sure your laptop's on silent, make sure this is this, make sure your phone's on silent, all the rest of it, and then you're just there with notifications, pinging away. What can I say? My laptop wants to talk to me about my device starting out of hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very in demand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, 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 it was emotions more than anything. It wasn't what you said, it was the fact that you did a dance to it, and you kind of like rotated your whole body around as well. Yeah, sometimes I think it's a shame that we don't do this uh, podcast as a video as well, because there's a lot of movement. You're very gesticular. <laughs> that sounds like testicular. <laughs> you're very testicular. You're like a you're like an old person. <laughs> a little pair of bollocks. <laughs> it's a pair of bollocks no, I imagine you just with one. Oh, just with one. Have I had some kind of removal of my testicle brethren? Or no, you just saw your testicle. Great, that's what you want to hear from your husband. <laughs> uh, anything else caught your eye? No, that's everything that's caught my eye. I was just checking if there was anything that caught my eye. No, there is nothing else that's caught my eye. You don't have to say it like you're being questioned under oath. It just feels like a little bit um, <laughs> that th- I'm being questioned under oath here. It feels like this is going to go on my report. Yeah, it will. Okay, well, thanks for coming with nothing. Um, always a pleasure. <laughs> should we talk about this, this week's theme? Yes, we should talk about this week's theme. So in our last episode, we really enjoyed doing a bit of jargon busting for Eurogames. And we were having a think and thinking, what other pieces of jargon can we bust? We, we like out, out, we like... With Eurogames, that was one thing, because I think that's like more defined. With this next piece of jargon, we kind of like box ourselves into a corner and we went slightly insane talking about this. We went like trying to work out what it meant, what it was, what it is. Yes, so the topic for this week is our favourite engine builder. But what's an engine builder? So what is an engine builder? And we had this conundrum with Eurogames in the last episode and found that there was no agreed upon definition. And there is an agreed upon definition for, for engine builders, but also it applies to several games the dog's leaving he's furious about this <laughs> um, it applies to several games so that makes it a bit like 
is everything any better? But also, we kind of like, yeah, we kind of like, that was the point we got to a second, a moment before this podcast started, we were like, are all games engine builders? <laughs> Am this, I an engine <laughs> Is this world just one engine that we're all on? <laughs> that we're all contributing to? Uh, so we give us a definition. And it gave it. us an existential crisis. It did. Uh, but if you could give us a definition, and then we will share eight of our favourite engine builders that we believe oh. really fit into the engine I, building I, category. I see an engine builder. No, I want the definition. Let me say definition. This is, this, is, this is what we yeah, realise. This is the Birdwood game. Definition. Well, why am I being given a responsibility? I'm all for this kind of thing. I like to see you struggle. <laughs> you like to watch me squirm. <laughs> I think I'm. The, I'm gonna. I think. And my and my comments do not represent the views of Burbank Games. <laughs> <laughs> the the an engine builder is when you are you are basically putting things together within a game that you can then activate and it will perform a series of actions that will enhance as you add more things to it over the, over the course of the game and it will often have a sort of snowballing effect where it will become more powerful as the game goes on and you're able to do more stuff with less input basically. You're able to press the engine, press go and then the things you've got in place will do various things and you'll get more at the end. And the first round you'll get very little, the last round you'll get loads. I think that's a pretty good definition. Yeah, you're happy with that? You, is that passing the test? Yeah, we can attach our name to that. That will be the Bird of Games definition. Okay, there we go, building. there we go. Okay, so, should we start off then? Yeah. You want, you want to start? You can start. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're shirking, are you? Okay, so the first game on the list is Skytopia by Cosmodrome Games. And I think this is a perfect example of an engine builder because you are very aware of your increasing power as you play through this game. So in Skytopia, I'll give you the narrative blurb because for this game, the theme is very much laid over the mechanics. Like, you yes. can strip the theme off completely. So, But the blurb is, The cities of Skytopia drift lazily among the clouds, buoyed by technological discoveries and the tireless efforts of the golems. Every hundred years, the cities compete for the honour of being named the capital of the sky. So basically... It's a load of hokum, um, <laughs> the theme, but the gameplay is really good. So you are collecting cards from a central area into your city, and when you collect these cards, they're sorted into four different colours. When you add colour, the same colour to a row, the row activates. When you add the same kind of ability to a row, the row activates. And so you have this... Uh, these opportunities to trigger your engines in several different ways, which is really exciting. By the end of the game, it's like a, hold on one second, I need yeah. to do this. So this happens, and then I get one of these, but, which means I can do this again, but, which means I can go yeah. back here and get another one of and those. Because it's, it's horizontal and vertical, isn't it? So yeah. it's a bit like it's a bit mind-bendy, because it's like, not only have you got to play, play, pay attention to the, to the horizontal, but the vertical, so it's like... Okay, and then things move as well. When th so it's like you've got to be like, okay, if I do this, that's going to do that, and it is very much yeah. that. Which I feel is an engine builder. If I'm going to do this, that's going to do that. This is going to do that. That's going to yeah. do that. And then I'll end up with this. Yeah. And if you like that kind of game where it feels like you are, it almost feels like you're investing in yourself in an yeah. odd way. It feels yes. like you're you're getting interest and dividends from the other yes. parts of your engine. The other really cool thing about Skytopia is it has a dice placing payment mechanism where you are reserving the cards that you're trying to draft into your city and the dice cost uh, more to place the quicker you get the cards to your city so that's quite an interesting f part of this game that I don't think I've seen in others uh, where someone could steal a card from you if you place a dice yes. that is um, not going to get you the card yeah I really like that it was one of the unique unique kind of interesting things about this game with that variable dice ability where it's like I haven't seen that in a game before but it was kind of like bidding but it's not quite like bidding because it's a like a yeah it's like a timed bidding, it's like a timed yeah. yeah a timed thing where you can nip in and get something but then it's going to be really expensive for you and it's just like it's yeah which I think is quite interesting yeah um, and I 
like Cosmodrome games generally. I, I find their output really interesting. They're also the publishers of Aquatica. Um, we picked Skytopia up at Essen in 2019 that feels about like a million years ago. It was literally now. a million years ago, doesn't but, it? Um, there was, people were really enjoying this game when we played yeah. it. And I think it is a surprisingly um, impressive play. It's quite a little box but um, and plays in 40 to 60 minutes for two to four players. But yeah. It's uh, one that stays with you. So, should we go from a little box to a massive box that would wait to the the, the killer man weight of box that we, uh, that we discussed? Yes. yes, our favourite metric. Our favourite <laughs> metric would a killer man. Yes, it would. And that is Feast for Odin by Yui Rosenberg. Uh, we've got the Z Man Games Edition, but I think I think it's pu- published by um, Fueland Games. I think that's I think I think that's cool. published by. So. This is a example of a. It's it's it it it, 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 would, would it would it did we did we talk about this last week in Europe in in, in Euro style no, game? I, I, I think I think this could definitely fit into that category yeah. as well, where it's very much a worker placement style game, where you are basically a Viking tribe, um, and you are going out to claim various things, collect, trade. Pillage as well. Let's not in go there. Case. In your, in my case, yes, yes, in my case, and 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 do various things and, and bring them back. And also, it's also got this kind of this tableau building element where you're filling out filling out a board. But again, it's one of those games where you are the engine building in this is very much about like you're you're kind of starting with very minimal amount of things mm. and then you're trading up as it were. You're yeah. collecting this and collecting that to then be able to then use that to, to to buy this or to or to or to activate that or to supplement this thing over here to give you eventually the points boosts and bursts at the end. So the engine is engine building in this is a lot simpler. In, the, in the, it's not like complicated like Skytopia where you've got seven or eight things firing off at once. Yeah. It's very much like the one, two, three, and then but then then you cash that in for points, and it's one, two, three, yeah. cash that in for points. But it's like a like like a stepping hill where you're going up all the time. Yeah. And then by the end, because you start off with this big old board where you've got to fill all these spaces, and you're thinking in the first couple of rounds, how the hell are we going to get anywhere near filling these spaces? And then by the end of it, it's like okay, I'm able to do a lot more, and I'm able to be like, oh, I can use this, and that, and that means I can cash in this, and then I can I can activate that, and it kind of has that really interesting thing and there's like things going on where if you're smart you're at, you've got your animals you're collecting and they can breed with each other which gives you more things that you're, I, you're I doing I love it that you and Rosenberg's game always have breeding animals he in them he is a man who particularly likes cows and sheep breeding <laughs> that is, that is, that is more cows and sheep <laughs> whatever game it would be did, did you and Rosenberg do patchwork uh, I think so do they breed yeah, yeah. is there cows and sheep breeding cows and sheep and patchwork <laughs> It's like yes, it's a cute game about putting putting uh, patterns together and buttons, but also cows and sheep will breed in it. <laughs> well, this is happening, man. Yeah, so, Don't ask questions. So, yeah, so it's got loads of those kinds of things. But it's a it's a weighty game. It's a big game, not only in terms of physical size, but also in terms of like it's, there's a lot going on, a lot to think about. But it is really great in terms of that kind of you know things coming together and you, you you're being able to activate and do certain things and trigger things. Can and, I interject? Yes. I think this is a big game and there's a lot to consider, but I disagree with you in that there's a lot to think about. I actually think that this game utilises theme incredibly well to make the choices you have to make uh, thematic and therefore not too confusing. Yes. So in a game like Skytopia, there's so much you could possibly do and it's not really clear thematically what is the best thing to do. Like It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. But in Feast for Odin, it's like, okay, well, I've only got two sheep and I want to go trading, so I need to do this next. Like The yeah. path yeah. is kind of laid out. Yeah. Like, there are multiple routes to it, that, yeah. but it's not like, oh, I have to also think about this and this. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's a really interesting way of putting it, actually. It almost feels like a bizarrely... Like, realistic in that it's like okay do you think that this is how I can oh yeah this is exactly it? how it 
was back yeah. in back in those days. But it's like it's like yeah, but it's like okay, I, I've only got the I've got the sheep and I've got this bit of mm. ore, or I've got this this resource, or I've got some cotton or whatever it is, and it's like okay, what can I actually do? Oh, okay, that means I can do these things over here. So you actually are, whilst there's loads of options, you're actually, what you would actually do is very limited. And it's kind of like, well, based on what we have, here's what we can do. Yeah, so I, 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 we both were, again, we were always a bit sceptical about getting into Euros and Bird games because we'd seen them and been like, oh, they look a bit they look a bit heavy. Are we going to like them? But we love this and we love Agricola. It's just like we played them and we're like, wow, this is really yeah. good. It's so much like, oh my God, this isn't as complicated as I thought it was going to be. But I think, and again, Agricola, I think that it knits mechanics together with uh, theme in a way that enables uh, a way that aids players through their game which yes. I think is really clever um, this is also a game where I don't find the tableau building offensive although I do find it ulterior to the theme is it necessary to build a tableau in Feast for Odin? No, it's, no, it's not, not necessary to fill the thing I agree is it necessary but... ever to be building tableaus? no, it is not what's your, favorite, what's your favorite board game mechanic? Tableau building. <laughs> it, it is. It, I actually really like it if that's the only mechanic. Yes. But if it's a supplementary mechanic, I'm like, why are you here? But also, yeah, I, for, some, for some reason, that's the one thing your brain doesn't work with, Tetris I sort of things. I think it's having to do... It's like, I don't like working my brain but in you, two different directions at the same time. Yeah, and also, I think I think it's like... I think it's like you 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 like playing outside of the box and outside yeah. of the rules. It's like with maths, you don't like the fact you just like add numbers into equations and be like, "Well, I brought it in. It's fine. This, this works." <laughs> and it's the same with tablet because you have to be really structured because yeah. you, there are specific rules and you can't be like, "I'll just put that there. I I'll never, just put that there." I, I never understood that with my maths yeah. lessons. I remember my teacher being like, "Why have you done this?" I was like. Can't you just move this over? And she's like, no. But no one actually explains the rules. Like, why? I'm not yeah. asking you to, by the way. Yeah, but when Please I do don't. explain the rules of tableau everybody, you just say, but why? But why? I'll just put that there, can't I? Well, also, I'm a bit of a stickler. I just like it to look good. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you're not scoring points like that. What, was that, that game, what was that game we were playing where you did absolutely abysmally? Was it Copenhagen? Yeah, it was you wrong did wrong. abysmally, but you were like, look how pretty it looks. I was like, that's not the rules of the game. <laughs> It was really neat though. It was, it was amazing. No like it was literally like a perfect and it was like different colours. It was like, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful work of art. But it was like, that's not what this game is. <laughs> it's never what it is. Alas. Yeah. The next one on the list is Hero Realms uh, by White Wizard Games. And this is a game that is kind of like when jargon collides. So it's <laughs> a deck builder and it is a engine builder. And in a way... All deck builders are engine builders yes. because the deck that you're building is your engine. But I think that Hero Realms, I think, is our favourite example yeah. of a deck builder, engine builder, because you can so easily customise your deck. There's, we've played a couple of other deck builders like um, Shards of Infinity, for example, that are engine builders, but you can very easily cannibalise your own engine if you don't apply uh, abide to certain unwritten rules in the game. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of in a lot of these kind of deck building games, you're creating the deck and the combos, and the sum. If you don't create the combos in the right way, it's just it's just not going to work. It's going to be naff. Yeah, and so this is a two to four player game that plays for about twenty minutes, but it can really depend. Like if you have a terrible draw and your opponent gets lucky in the you know first few rounds, you can be wiped out pretty quickly. But that makes it a really replayable game. Um, you can do a couple of rounds uh, very speedily. Um, the thing that I really like about Hero Realms is. When we first played it, I wasn't particularly enamoured by the art. It's quite gothic, quite um, traditional fantasy, I'd describe it. But the gameplay is really neatly balanced. Like, you have a really structured um, and tight gameplay. And when you manage to pull out those combos, which are 
And I think this is where it differs in terms to a board game engine builder rather than a card engine builder, is that the engine building in this game is luck-based as well. So you have to draw the hand of cards um, that you are hopeful that you're going to draw that um, is the best combination from your engine, but obviously that could also not happen. Yeah. Um, But generally it's really well balanced. And when you do draw that hand of cards, which is the best combination of the engine pieces that you have it's like kapow yeah. look at my mightiness particularly if you've like manipulated it to end up being that way as well that's always really satisfying yeah. I think deck builders are a great uh, like antithesis of the engine building idea and if you're if, if, you've, if you're thinking like I think a lot of games have engine building in them to a degree yeah. I think that's what as we realised when we discussed it but I think some are more heavily engine than others yeah. and I think that if you're thinking oh am, am I, do I do I like engine builders is that something that I'm going to like is that something that suits my kind of gameplay style something like a deck builder is a really good place to trial that out that is what it, you, you're creating very basic very simple combos but you're trying to pull them off, trying to engineer them, trying to overstretch your engine, add too many parts to it, because that's often what something could go wrong with a deck builder is where you put too many cards in or you add too many different combinations of things and it's like, well, the actual good stuff isn't going to come off for you. Yeah. Which, is, which again, is, is interesting. It's, it's not like just, it's not just a, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution for it. Yeah. And I would love to see, if you happen to tune in White Wizard Games, I don't know if you do, I would love to see a, maybe an anniversary edition, so this came out in 2016, so maybe in 2026, um, an anniversary edition of Hero Realms with the same kind of treatment art-wise as they gave Sorcerer, which is yeah, another White yes. Wizard game, which is a really modern, fresh, engaging yes. um, kind of fantasy-style yes. art treatment. But that's my only criticism. That's not, that's not, that's not many. There you go. We like, we like it very much. You particularly like it, don't you? I do, it's one of my favourites and also one of my overall nostalgic games for me because we played this now very early on when we started getting into the hobby together and I was sceptical and then I was immediately... Yeah, um, you were taken with it yes you were speaking of games that go way back and we got into the hobby with one of our classic one of the stalwarts of our collection that we always trot out every now and again when we're in need of a we're in need of a category that we can really work out what (laughs) what what it is we're like there's a couple of games we're like oh what do we want to what do we want to talk about but but they often fit i think sometimes these games are like antithesis of like the of like what we like in our collection and those sorts of things this list of eight games are absolute belters yeah this is is a really strong list and we're really we're really happy with with, with the games on this list it's not like oh yeah you know that that that, that's pretty good we really like them all but the one that i've got that i think is probably one of our favorites uh for for both for both you know nostalgic reasons but also for 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 for, you know for enjoyment reasons as well is that of scythe by stonemaier games out of scythe out of scythe so scythe Scythe is very much a. You're, I think anyone, any, everyone knows what Scythe is by now, surely. But if you don't, do a little but if you don't know what Scythe is, Scythe is a game set in an alternate kind of U- U- European pre-Second World War world where you're different factions, fictional fictional countries based on relatively real countries, um, sort of sort of not necessarily combating, but but kind of competing you over exist, land and territory yeah, and existing together, and and you, and you're doing kind of like you're collecting resources, you're developing your nation, you're doing all these kinds of different things. And and, you know, it's got these great mechs in it, these great minis. It's got this kind of worker placement style where it's not worker placement that you're placing the workers, but you're kind of like d- 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 dropping your workers off through the land so they can then generate the resources. And it's got this kind of, this 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 board system where you've got actions each round that you're going to choose. And this is where the engine building comes into it, is you're basically running your engine each time because every time you perform an action, you can then perform a secondary action. And throughout the game, you get to upgrade these actions and modify these actions in certain ways yeah. so that when you run them, they become better versions of themselves 
themselves more efficient, yeah. cheaper. You know, they, they get you more things and more stuff. And the order in which you do that and do these things, that will really de- that will determine massively how you play and how your character plays and how your faction will play. And each faction approaches it differently. It also has the 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 bottom boards where the action selection is on are different, diff- slightly different with different combinations of things on. So that can also alter how you play. And it just like I said, it's really smooth, really crisp. Again, you start spawning against. It starts off first few turns. You're not doing very much, and then by the end, you're feeling like I'm doing a lot more. Yeah. A lot more's happening. A lot more's going on. I think Scythe is one of those games. I think this is a mark of a great engine building game, where you always feel like you want to be able to do a little bit more. Like you finish your turn, being like, "Oh, but only if I could produce that wheat that turn, or produce that stone that turn, then I would be able to do this the next turn." Yeah. So at the end of your turn, you are busily planning away your next turn and hoping your opponent hurries up yes, so you yes. can get back to running your or doesn't, doesn't steal or do something from you where you're like no I haven't yeah. done that I hate you yeah so it's like it's a game that isn't mean with its no. engine building but it keeps you really hungry to keep building that engine oh. and keep exploring also it's a game where it's definitely it's got combat in but you can very much win the game without fighting anybody and that's yeah. what I really like that in a game like this where it's an area control style big big dudes on a map quotation mark style game Real dudes on a map it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rough term for being like just big things on a map like big like miniatures <laughs> characters etc etc like it, that style of game it's just like it's often with that style of game it's inevitable that you're going to be fighting and com- combating and, and some games lean very heavily into that so that's a lot of what you're doing and, yeah. other, and where I prefer I it is where that. it's like yeah you can do it and it's viable and you can win if you do it but also if you don't do it it's also viable and you but also might win like, I, don't, I know that not all game designers think like this but I think if you were to live in the lands of Scythe you may not fight with people you may just run your run, run in your peace area. and trade but do you know what I mean it's yeah. like like battle is not integral at all points battle yes. is not the most interesting thing about gameplay in my no. opinion no, no no I think you're right and that's why I like it when it's an optional thing it's not it's not mandatory and it's not like if you don't do it you're going to do badly yeah me too because we play a lot of four, we play we play quite a bit of 4X style games and they are very much often if you don't do the, the combat side of it if you don't attack your opponent you're probably not going to do that great yeah. I'm not, I'm not, which is I okay I, I can enjoy ah. that but you know ah. you like peace it's not that I like peace. I just like to get on my own thing. You do, yeah. I like to do. build my engine. Yeah. Like, if I have to dedicate resource to naffing, like, getting rid of you... And you're really cross when I attack I'm you. I'm really cross. Yeah. Really cross. <laughs> uh, tell me quickly, who's your favourite uh, mini character from Scythe? Uh, who's my favourite mini character from Scythe? I probably would say... Uh, is it Anna Ron Wolchek? Is that his name? The bear? The, 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 the bear? The, the woman in the bear. The woman in the bear, yeah. They are yeah. the dons, I They think. are the dons. Or the lady in the tiger, the Roosevelt faction. I can't remember yeah. her name. I, I can't, L something, I can't remember what her name is. Yeah, the tiger um, I'm not very good with names, though. You were baffled by that, weren't you, when I told you that the other day? Like, if I, when I read a book, if I read a book, I will not remember any of the characters' names. I'll tell you what happened, I'll tell you what the story was, I'll tell you what all the beats, I don't remember anyone's names. That is fascinating. Yeah. Although sometimes I think I've been reading some books recently where there are too many characters that aren't interesting enough to be like. Yeah, but I'm talking you? the main characters. <laughs> I'm you haven't mentioned what I've been doing with names this week as we've been running our competition. Oh, oh! This is this is this is a great tip. If you're still listening, I hope you are, and you were listening at the start, and you heard about the competition. This is a great tip bit that we've had this week. So we've had a really great success. It's been really so. Thank you all so much for those of you that have subscribed because I know we know some of the people who are listening to subscribe because you told us, and that we really appreciate that. But one of the great things is it's peek behind the curtain. Is every single time someone new subscribes to the newsletter, Lottie will, will literally personally say, "Welcome, whoever you are." So literally, so for example, if your name was 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 Julian, she'd be like, "Welcome, Julian." <laughs> and I, I literally I, but I, often I'm not even in the room I just hear her saying it like she'd be she'd be downstairs doing something and she'd be like welcome Julian <laughs> I just 
like to. I like to. Also, now that it's quite funny because there have been like hundreds of entries. Yes. Yeah. And you've heard me just quietly whispering, like, Welcome, Hannah. <laughs> and in the morning, you get your phone and you just go through them all, and it's just like, Welcome, blah, welcome, blah, welcome, blah. It's, a, it's been one of my highlights, actually, the whole thing. Yeah. So if you want to keep creeping Jack out by saying welcome to random people at random times of day, keep subscribing to the news just because I say welcome to everyone. Should we talk about another game? No, I think we should stop right there. <laughs> actually, let's let's stop right there because let me ask you a favour, lovely listener. If I thought you were to me then. You can do it as well. If okay, you want come on to. then. Um, please do, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the podcast Board Games with My Wife. We so appreciate uh, you guys listening. We love hearing from you. Um, I had some, I've had some really lovely chats um, over on Instagram this week with people recommending games to me. So thank you so much for that. Thank you in particular uh, to the handle, I haven't got your name on there, but to Wind Up Worlds Reviews, who are on Instagram, who do uh, great board game reviews by the looks of it, for so many recommendations recommendations for games that are similar to brass i love talking to you guys about games so thank you for getting to touch but um that's leading me off topic slightly please do subscribe to board games with my wife um it means so much to us that you are listening and also leave us a five star review it helps other people <laughs> like, leave I us a five star five stars. Well, not one star not two stars not three stars not even four stars but five yeah, stars if you could leave five stars that would be top I also um, leave like a nice comment as well like leave a review with a comment being like you guys I, are that's right. even more demanding yeah but you know if you're going to ask for five star review we might as well go all in now to be fair yeah so if you could do that, I'm sending you virtual high fives. And if you'd like me to do a creepy welcome. Also, if you say, just put your name in it or anyone's name in it. It doesn't matter to be your name. She will, she will say welcome to those people. I you? will. Um, so I would so appreciate if you did that. Thank you. And now I will actually tell you about another board game. Uh, so the next on the list of engine builders is Terraforming Mars by Fricks Games. And we have the Stronghold Games edition. I'm turning it over. It's QB. Um, and Terraforming Mars, I think, is another quintessential engine builder because not only are you drafting cards into your hand, much like a deck builder, although you're not drawing them randomly, uh, you're also developing a player board that gets you more resources over time. And then the first few rounds of, of Terraforming Mars, the game is quite um, sedentary. It's quite slow. You're not producing much. But by the last round, the rounds themselves last... 15 minutes per player yeah. or about that because they're it, feel, so it feels that long because you're doing so many things the engines have got so huge yes. um, whenever I think of Terraforming Mars I think about the review that um, Jack showed me when he suggested that we buy it which I'm pretty sure it's from Sit Down Sit Up Sit, no, sit, up, sit Down sit, Sharp I think it is down, shut, 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 I can't remember sit, sit Down Shut Up yes I think it is that, <laughs> is, yeah. that is that the word that's very rude isn't it <laughs> Sit Down Shut Up is that what it's called I think it is that yes yes it is down. no Shut Up Sit Down there you go Shut Up Sit Down there you go which is a bit aggressive but they're very very good um and I remember the uh, review starts with "What's for dinner, Mum? Cubes!" And no you shout that at me every time we play, don't you know? When we play, sometimes I shout it randomly in the middle of the night. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it can be at any time. Um, but the cubes in Terraforming Mars really are Great. oddly addictive. It's, only, it's only it's bizarrely addictive. Yes, it is bizarrely um, addictive. So they're uh, little metallic cubes that represent different types of resource um, and are wonderful. Terraforming Mars is a game that we've spoken about several times and yes. I think the reason that we have is because there is no one route to victory. There is no like, yes, I'll replicate that again and I'll win because every time you play, the deck of cards that all players are drawing from is so vast you get a very different play experience. Um, we enjoy playing with the expansion Venus next, but I think we're getting all of the expansions. I we get we we back we back the big big the big the big the biggest box the big box the which is coming box. with all the expansions plus 
the 3D, 3D terrain. printed terrain, which I think we'll probably not play with every time because it will probably be an absolute nightmare to set up and take down, I imagine. I don't know. It depends how the box storage is done, I suppose. But we will definitely play with it. I'm really excited to try the other expansions. Mm. Um, try them with other people as well. Um, that'd be cool, you know. Sounded a bit like I was like leaving you there. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to other people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to terraform Mars with other people, okay? <laughs> uh, we're seeing other terraformers. Yeah, so Terraformers is a real favourite. And we've also just backed... Someone needs to take our credit cards away, please, for our own sake. Um, we've backed the Ares edition, expansion? Uh, the Ares Expedition, expedition. I think, is. Uh, the, which, is the, which is basically the condensed version of Terraformers. Terraformers. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a bit like, oh dear, we've backed a lot of games, haven't yeah. we? No more for a while. Yeah. But yeah, so it's an indictment of how much we enjoy Terraforming Mars that we want another version of it in our lives. It sounds like I wanted a child. We do. We've had we've had a, a long discussion, and we wanted another terraforming Mars in our lives. No, it's 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 one of those games. We first played this, and we were like, we were lukewarm on it. To be honest, when I I certainly thought I was, I was lukewarm on this game when I first played. It. I was like, yeah, I get it. I always enjoyed like, this game, but this was very much in competition with other like long longer games. Yes, yeah. For me, like as an interchangeable General quotation marks by the way around the longer. <laughs> that. Uh, it was very interchangeable. Like, should we play this? Or should we play Gaia Project? Yeah, or yeah. Should we play Great Western Trail? Yeah. But now this is like. This is a banker. You know what you're getting for that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like it was only after the second and third plays of, of, the, of this game that I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. I see what I'm supposed to, I see how it works. I see what I'm supposed to, I see what I'm getting at. I see what I'm supposed to be doing. I see all the combinations and possibilities and the options and the routes to victory. You sound like you're having a bit of a beautiful mind moment. It, 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 I was, see everything. it wasn't, it was quite like that, yes. And I was writing on the walls and then it was like, uh, like you know, there are Nazis coming. I think they were the Russians, actually, not the Nazis. But, oh, they're not Nazis. Yeah, they were the Russians. It was a Cold War and he was like, yeah, the Russians are writing in the magazine and all sorts oh, yes, it was. But, he, well, but it wasn't the Russians it was he, he did say he said it was the Russians oh mystery I think I think I could ruin a film that's like 30 no, years old it's, it's very rude to ruin a film without apologies saying apologies there were spoiler, spoilers 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 of Beautiful Mind I've already done it now I've spoiled it you can't do a preemptive spoiler um, not preemptive um, a post-optive a, a post-optive no a, <laughs> a, a, whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> You can tell it so you can tell it's an afternoon. Whatever. 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 I can't think of the word. Whatever. Okay. Right. Well. Whatever. Should we go on to the next game? So the next game on our list is a come down from these bigger games that we've been talking about. By bigger, I mean like weightier games and longer games. And it is the one of Century Spice Road. Why are you looking as if you've been... Because I thought you were talking, going to talk about the game you're pointing at, and I was like, no, that's a big game. <laughs> no, it's Century Spice Road by Plan B Games. No, it's not by Plan B Games. It is by Plan B Games. There you go! <laughs> I've got mad. <laughs> well, I saw, the, I, saw the, I saw the icon, and I was like, maybe that's not the plan... I, that, I didn't think it was Plan B, but then I said Plan B. Do you I... think this is an interesting story? Because can you just tell us about the game? <laughs> <laughs> this is not interesting. <laughs> anyway, Century Spice Road is a game about... It's a card game where you are basically trying to get spices to fulfil orders in a market. That doesn't sound like, all oh, rip-roaring fun, necessarily. It sounds quite interesting. But it's not. pretty cool. But there's also another edition. It's called Century... I think it's called Gollum Edition, which is the same prince, but exactly the same game. Just it's got golems instead of... Um, it's... What is the design world's obsession with golems? They're quite cool. They're quite cool. Yeah, but like... Yeah, but beyond that, do we care? Why do we care about dragons? Why do we care they about... They breathe fire and you can, they fly and imagine having one as a pet. Why do we care about magical creatures? Like, imagine think... having one as a pet. I'm as per- Why are you having a golem as a pet? I don't want a golem as a pet. Oh, that's really harsh. Anyway, it's got golems, it's got gems in it, so it's a bit, it's a bit more... I think, I think personally it's a more, it's a more visually appealing um, package and offering. Are they resin? 
I believe so, yes. Interesting. Yes, they were coloured gems instead of it being spices. But anyway, so what you're doing in this game is you're collecting cards and then you're using these cards from your hand to, to basically kind of like trade and upgrade spices mm. so it's really got it's, it's got this thing in it where if you, you you're playing cards from your hand to convert certain spices into certain into other into other spices and it's kind of like it's almost yeah. like this thing of it being like you start off with there's like the basic spices and the more premium spices and you're kind of like trying to trading in like you're trading two reds for two greens yeah. a red and a yellow for an x and I, it's just like i don't know if it's because we got them at a similar time but century spice road for me has always felt like a little bit of an evolution of a game like jaipur Yes, I know, I know, I know. What you mean, I think it is because we've got them at a similar time, and they they've got a similar, not same theme, but it's like trading, a, a trading yeah. that kind of like what I would call probably however many thousand years ago, like like, like setting where it's like yeah. you know where, it's where you're trading like materials and spices and those kinds of things, um, in those in those kinds of things, and yeah, I, I know what you mean. It does feel like it does, it does feel like yeah. that, but it's got some really cool elements. So you're obviously like you're you're, you're, you're and it's kind of like that back and forward and that maximizing of you know. Again, you're only playing cards from your hand. It's only, it's only, it's only a few cards, but it's, uh, but it's like, it, but it, like, by playing these cards and by doing these things, you're, tra- you're transforming X into Y. So you're transforming, and, and that kind of thing of it, be like, and then to utilize that to then cash it in to mm. get the points and those kinds of things. And I think it's got that feeling of like you're trying to cycle through that. You're trying to, you're trying to collect the things that you that you want, but then also the the things that are gonna not just the things you want to fulfill things, but also the things that are gonna like fulfill your what your cards do, what your what your yeah. kind of tactic might be, what your engine, what your engine is. And it's a very light, like I say, it's light engine. It's I not heavy engine. I think this is a great yeah. entry level engine. Yeah, builder. really, because it's like it's like a it's like a two or three step engine. Where yeah. realistically, because you're only playing a card at a time, you're like transforming X into Y, yeah. and then maybe next turn you'll transform it into Z. But it's like that's about it, really. Then you're yeah. probably using it. So it's like it's a bit of that, but it's. So so you're not like one action and it's, it's hitting a chain of 20 actions and then that's the final, final product. What's the playtime, please? The playtime is about... Is it, I think it normally takes about half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, so we're yeah. definitely at the lighter end. Yes, of definitely the lighter building. game. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 a really, it's a really good solid one. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Entry-level engine building is in this one because it's, like, it's, like it's one or two steps. Mm, thank you. Okay, so next one on the list is Wingspan by Stone... It's, like, it's inevitable that it's going to be on this list, I think. What? Well, I think it's a really great example of an engine builder, it's, but it's animals. It's, it's... Why are you laughing, though? You know what's on the list. You're very strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh. The next one on the list is Wingspan uh, by Stonemeyer Games, uh, second mention for Stonemeyer Games, big up, um, and designed by the brilliant Elizabeth Hargrave. Um, Wingspan, like Jack, as Ali preemptively said, is a really good example of an engine builder, but I think quite different to the ones that we've discussed so far in that in Wingspan you have, for me, I think the engine building in this game is the easiest to keep track of because you have three habitats in Wingspan where you're playing beautiful bird cards into. And within these habitats, the more bird cards you play, the more, um, the stronger your engine becomes. And every time you activate that row by performing a particular action, your engine will trigger. Yes. And I think that makes the engines themselves and their abilities really easy to keep a handle of. And I think some engine builders like... Um, Skytopia, Terraforming Mars, uh, Feast Roading, ones that we've discussed, it's almost like so much is happening and it's it's a bit like... Yeah. It's a lot of information to keep track of, but I think this one, this game divides it really neatly. Obviously, I think a lot of people know about Wingspan and um, love it as we do. Um, a couple of other things to note on this game is the beautiful production quality. It has these incredible eggs. Have you seen recently that... Speckled eggs, Stone yeah. Mario released yeah. speckled eggs and I was like, these actually look like 
the the original eggs are edible, but these yes. look like mini eggs. Yes, and like you could eat these. I think people probably will eat them. It's a danger to release them around Easter, I think. Hmm. The what else did I say about Wingspan? We have a couple of the expansions that we enjoy. We haven't tried the latest one. The latest one, but we've got European Birds and Oceana. No, Oceana is the latest one. We've only got European Birds. We've only got one expansion. Oh. We've only got one expansion, <laughs> but we like it very much. Yeah, we do, yeah. And I think if you haven't played Wingspan before, I think you probably have played Wingspan before if you're listening to this uh, podcast, but if you haven't, then I really think that you should because I think it's a great example of a game that is a midway engine builder that has a lower entry level for all players of any experiences because of the really engaging artwork that it has and of the way that the player board really walks you through what this engine builder is going to do. You're very guided by the game. Like I was talking about with uh, Yui Rosenberg earlier with the way he uses a narrative to knit with the mechanics to guide a player through a game, I think Wingspan takes it a step further by showing you exactly the mechanics behind your engine on the player board. I think that's yeah. really cool. I don't think that we see that that much across other engine builders. Um, and I think it does that beautifully. It also has a very interesting dice tower and a very nice game tray yes. if you're into um, accessories. It's all those things. Yeah, I think I think this is a great example of one. Again, it's it's, it's 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 it it limits its complexity by you can only, you when you activate things it activates in that row so it's not like lots of com yeah. there's combos obviously but there's not crazy combos yeah. it's not like you know ridiculous yeah. sort of and thing. I think that it's interesting that you only activate an engine horizontally. Yeah, like I could imagine that maybe at one point in development they might have played with the idea of activating the engines vertically as yeah, well yeah, but that yeah. would have been like yeah. you know, or like yeah. having things activated other rows uh, yeah, other yeah. birds on yeah. the rows and those yes. kinds of things yeah but it is very neat it's very compact it's a really complete experience and is beautifully designed I think and produced yes, yes. Woo, to the who. woo to the who indeed indeed so final one from me then is a game called Monumental by Funforge Funforge <laughs> and one more time so monumental it, uh, this actually I think is like I don't necessarily think it's my favourite game on the list of games we've got yeah. but I think it does the, which we'll talk about in a second but it does the most interesting th- thing with engine building and one thing I would actually say about this is that is, is oh, actually I'll say that in a second <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm having a conversation with myself in my head I'm like oh that's interesting if you didn't include me in the listeners that would be top no that's how podcasts work you know <laughs> the hosts have conversations in their heads and they go hmm yes quite um yeah, so I so what this does with, with deck building. So Monumental is like a big Civ sort of style building game. To be honest, it's got quite a lot of mechanics in it. It's yeah. got area control, deck building, the, the the lots of dudes on a map kind of thing. A bit like like lots of minis as well, like yeah. big table presidency sort mm-hmm. of you know battling sort of stuff going on. And it's it's kind of like you know it's kind of that. It may be a little bit too much going on, I think, mm-hmm. possibly, but but all really enjoyable. But what it does is it's got this deck building element where you're building a you're building a deck, and it's like it's like your city activation. Yeah, it's a and three by three. Yeah, grid you lay out a three by three grid, and then you basically pick a card, and then you activate the row and column from that card. So, for example, if you pick the card on the top left, everything down in the in the left left column, then mm-hmm. everything across the top would would activate. Yeah, and you get all of that stuff. So you get like resources, and I think like intelligence and like money, yeah. the standard sort of stuff you get in these kinds of games and some combos but, but but yeah and some combos so that that's what makes it really interesting is that you're trying to your deck buildings so you're building up your cards by recruit by getting new technologies and those kinds of things and you're trying to time it and, and like get things really well and i think for me that's a really interesting i've not seen that mechanic before where you are 
almost activating your, rather than because normally in debt you as we've discussed with heroes you get a hand of cards mm. you play your cards and then you get another hand of cards you play your cards whereas yeah. this it's like you actually can't you actually can cleverly keep cards in play because you might want to combine that with another type of card that's coming later and yeah. it's about it's about laying things out and it's one of those things where I was just thinking about this in my head saying is this what you were going to yeah, say yeah it was saying like <laughs> this is an example I've never seen I've not seen that before yeah. but like, this is where we, we love our listeners because people we talk about this with other games before where we think oh I've not seen that before because you know yeah. we don't know every game ever of clearly but it's like great if, if people have if that's if you're sitting there thinking oh I, that mean like this please let us know because we yeah, really like we that mechanic that. we really I like think that mechanic for me this the deck building where you're triggering rows and columns feels like an evolution of engine building deck building yeah whereas hero realms like i said earlier you're really hoping that those combinations come out but in monumental there is a level of management like you can try and preserve a really good card because you know in your deck there's one that combos with brilliantly and you're hoping it comes out but that might be at the expense of your gameplay so there's that really fun uh tightrope to walk and that's my favorite style of, that is my favorite thing that's my favorite thing in get one of my favorite things in a game mm. i would say my favorite but it's definitely one of my favorite things yeah. in a game where a game itself is not purely programmed and there is zero problem there's zero luck and yeah. zero chance and it's like basically all you're doing is kind of just playing through the process and, and it's a complicated puzzle and, and I, I find that interesting I don't dislike that or alternatively on the other side of it where it's just pure blind luck and it's just yeah. whatever happens happens and you know and again I those have fun as well there's elements of those but somewhere in that middle where probably a bit leaning more towards the strategy side but there is this luck luck element yeah, yeah. that you can get a bad draw yeah it kind you of can, feels like yeah. a little bit of serendipity it's a little bit fateful yes, yes. like it's not all blind luck but yeah. it feels like not everything in life is within your control but, and that's what makes it feel better when you pull it off because it's like yeah. oh I pulled this off like, yes. that's cool yeah, yeah. and it's like you feel like you, you you feel like you've gone up a hill like you feel like you're pushing the boulder up the hill and you've made yeah. it to the top rather than being like oh okay I could have got 10 or I could have got 2 or I could have got 1 it's just random really I'm just rolling a dice yeah. it's like no I've manipulated this and I've then got this this manoeuvre that, yeah. that I put in yeah. and I really like that kind of thing you know? I think I think Monumental is a really special game it's not the most engine buildery engine builder no, no. that we've mentioned in this list like Jack said it has a lot of other uh, mechanics going on at once and if you like fusion mechanics and I think you would really like monumental I find that it feels like it's one mechanic too many and I think yeah. that it feels like I, cause I, but I, I think because I love the deck building engine building element yeah. so much I'm like I don't want to worry about I, area control and yeah. fighting these and and, the, and I think I think whilst I think the minis are great they look really good they look really good looking minis I think it's one of the things where like the, actually the base I think the retail version of the game or the, the, the original version of the game the basic version of the game has just got discs like yeah. discs discs with characters I would, on I think and, I, and I actually funnily enough think I agree yeah. because it's a bit overwhelming and it's a bit like they're, great, they're really cool minis and if you like minis yeah. they are really cool and yeah. they've got loads of other factions they've got like an Atlantean faction an Amazonian faction they've got like really cool other factions in there as well so, it's, so it is cool but it's like also, I, I've got like a, you know, I've got the problem of like, you know, I, particularly when I first started getting the hobby, I bought like every miniatures game ever, didn't yeah. I? Any game with minis in, yeah. I backed them on Kickstarter, I had them. And I it's think just like, minis though is kind of it is shorthand for a type of game you'll expect. There's yes. a level of like, you know, there's going to be a level of complexity yes. because you have to buy a game with miniatures. Like you're parting with a certain amount of cash, and then you have to try and paint them. And then, uh, and, and, and everybody, everybody who everybody who's ever painted been any interested in painting miniatures has had the classic conundrum of sitting there. And you say this to yourself so many times. Say yourself. Like monthly basis, when you sit there and look at your pet, you do the paint pile, and you're like, right, I'm not going to buy a game or, or buy any, any more miniatures until I painted all of my collection, and then you're just like, oh, what's this? How's that going for you? <laughs> it's, exactly, it's terrible. It goes terribly. Going terribly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love Monumental too. I think it's a really uh, fun game, and also I think a bit of a 
a different angle on the Civ Builder. It doesn't feel yeah. like a classic Civ Builder. No, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. I feel, I feel like deck building is a nice little element that, 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 is, that is interesting. It's one of my favourite yeah. elements. I yeah. want to see more of that. So, listeners, if you do know of any kind of deck building where you are triggering multiple cards at once, then get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. So, those were our... Top 8 engine builders. Oh, thank you for <laughs> joining in there. Um, we would love to know what your favourite engine builders are you can get in touch with us and tell us at Birdwood Games we're on Twitter and Instagram you can email us if you'd like to we're birdwoodgames at gmail.com I love our emails it's a we little do. bit like snail maily snail maily? yeah what? compared to Instagram snail mail that's what letters are called like actual postal letters yeah I'm, I'm, I know but why is it snail maily because it's pretty damn instant it's, it's snail maily because if you the thing is if you message me on Instagram I will probably reply immediately because I'm scared that I'll miss your yeah. comment if you email me, I'll flag it and give you a nice letter later. Yes. And then we might accidentally send you the information that we sent to send to people we're working with at the moment. Yeah. I was working on our game. So you might get some manufacturer information. Yeah, so if you email me, you could get some... Um... <laughs> I might be asking you for a price or something. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah. So those are our favourite engine builders. And now let's talk about what's been on the cards. What's, and will be what's on been cards. on the cards or will be on the cards. Did we speak about Harvest Island last time? I don't know if we did. The last I don't game think we, we, we didn't talk about. Harvest no, we Island. didn't. No, so the last game we played was Harvest Island and yeah. by Jumbo Games. Yeah. And this is a game that is absolutely like I think this is an absolute gem. This is that one. I, oh, I I never heard of it, seen it. Do you know what? Funnily enough, after we played this, I saw someone post about it on Instagram, and I was like, "It's funny how that happened." Yeah. But I wonder if it's, I wonder if that's more because maybe some pop, maybe some copies have come back in circulation. Maybe, maybe. there's another print run or something, so it's a bit more out there. But it looks—I mean, it's gorgeous. It's stunning. But I, I, I've never heard of it, seen it, anything. And I was like, "Oh, maybe it came out this year or last year." It came out in 2017, I think it was. So it's like it's been no, out for a while. This is 2019. Yeah, but I think it came out in 2017. The game. Okay, but copyright here is on 2019. But even so, we're two years later now, so it's yes, still yes, we, yes. We, we would have thought, especially with the theme of this, that it would have been. BGG on our radar. has it 2017. So it might be, but, but, that, but that might be a 2019 print run. But oh no, oh no. Anyway, the point is, is that it was one of the things where it was like we mainly attracted it from the gorgeous like art and and the theme in which you are a farmer farming things in hills and those <laughs> sorts of things. <laughs> and the art is like fruit, but then each fruit has got like an animal, <laughs> a bit like, like almost like a fruit spirit animal. It's in it literally it's just like it's just like you saw it and was just like that one. <laughs> Uh, there you, you were you're like there I was like right okay 10 points to our listeners if you know what that reference is yeah do you know what that reference is one more time nine there <laughs> which happens all the time in our house that happens all the time whenever whenever we ask for whatever something is or like what what, what, what I've done with this or wherever I put that or what's happened and if one of us knows we will always go there yeah. yeah extra points if you've got a cane with resin yeah a resin cane that's a clue that's a, that's a big clue that yeah, is yeah Tell us about Harvest Island. So Harvest Island is a drafting. Uh, it's a card. It's a, it's kind of a card drafting game. It's card drafting and set collection. So you're you're effectively with hand management. That's normally the place with card drafting. Is that you are you are a farmer and you're trying to farm in these three different fields of different of different levels of quality in terms of how much they can how much they can harvest. And you're, yeah, you're it's far- yield. Yeah, it's yield. Yeah. So it's like so the ones ones very yielding, ones low yielding, etc. etc. And you're basically trying to farm certain types of fruits. Each of these fruits is effectively a set. And you're planting these fruits, and then you're cultivating them, and, and, and you're harvesting them, and then you're scoring the points. And then you're, there's like a competition, as with most most set collection games, in terms of whoever gets the most of X gets some points. So it's like, oh, there's that going on throughout. But it's got this system where you are each turn, you've got to, you've got to. Either you either play, you either cut, cut, harvest your fruit, which is what you could do, but 
or you play basically play two cards from your hand. So you're always cir circulating cards, whether you're planting them or whether you're putting them back into the sort of main central area. Yeah, which it's is, a communal market. Yeah, which is kind area. of a communal market, but it works this way where it's got a market and then it's got like, this like store area which then pushes the market out. So the market might get eliminated, which is also part of it, which is interesting. But yeah. you are always passing cards back to your opponent or passing them to each other. So it's interesting. It's got that really interesting flow I, of it. I think the thing that makes Harvest Iron particularly interesting is this market area because when we were playing I had a real awareness of like what you might be looking for in the market and like I at some points you have a hand limit of four I think and I was holding cards so they didn't go in the market yeah. for you so yes. it's an interesting like you can't play a um, a selfish like yeah. individual game and often in these games can happen in something like you know something this can happen in stuff like a ticket to ride for example I know it's not the same sort of thing but you just collect a load of cards yeah. and then you've got there with your 50, 50 cards and then you're like right I'm now going to do I'm playing this I'm playing this yes, I'm playing this I'm playing I this I'm playing this the actual rules of ticket to ride are supposed to be you lose points for the unfulfilled tickets no no I meant the actual train cards I meant the train cards like oh, you I collect a load of train, places, train yeah. cards and then you're like right, maybe there's yeah. a cap on how well, many you're supposed to have but it's about, like a, that's the interesting thing about it not going to a discard pile yes. and going into a yeah. communal market and the fact is that your hand limit is four which actually it's really small yeah. so it's yeah. not like it's 10 where it's like because obviously a lot of the games the best thing to do is collect as many cards in your hand because then you've got private information you've got that but you can't you, and you have to use two if, you, if you're not harvesting you've got to use two of your cards yeah. so every time 50% of your hand is being lost and then refilling yeah. which, which is really really interesting yeah I think we were really surprised yeah. at how much we connected with Harvest Island like I obviously was very hopeful um, for it the art is beautiful illustrated by um, someone called Sydney Chu and it's a really atmospheric addition to what is a very um, tight yes. deck, deck builder. No, uh, no, it's card drafting, kind of card drafting set collection. Yeah. Hand um, sort of and, but I think we, things. Were, we were both really engaged by it as we were playing it we were like we're really enjoying this um, and I think it's one of those games because it's a 30 minute playtime although it took us about 45 in reality and I think, I, I think that off, but I also think that's the thing of, the thing is I think this is one of these things where well actually you're, you're, in, you're in a you're in a situation with two people that it's a when you're playing a two yeah when you're playing with a two player game or something like this it's because you actually can pay attention to what your opponent's doing and you do, you, you do and therefore it's not as quick as like if you're playing with four people I think it goes up to four yeah. or you just be like bang 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 yeah. like yeah okay you might need that but like okay I'll, like, you're not going to be really thinking yeah. but with two it's like Okay, also, you've got you those. Also, you are quite yeah. competitive yeah. in terms so, of like I'm watching you. It was like you planted those things, right? You've just taken that last turn. Okay, so that means I've got these things. So there is a little bit. There's yeah. definitely more. Funnily enough, I think in the in the in the le in the more players, it would actually be quicker because yeah. there'll be less of that kind of like of the observation. Yes. And um, a really great game for those who love a level of public information. So each season, the game is divided into seasons. You know how much of a certain type of fruit is going to be in that seasonal deck, and the game tells you how much there is. So that's quite an interesting one of it's kind of like a push your luck balancing mechanic of how um how fruitful a fruit will be but that was harvest iron i think we this is shot straight to the top of our want to play yeah, again, and, and, you know, I, I, and what's fascinating is jumbo i never i've never heard of jumbo before but jumbo have been around since 1930 really what yeah we, with origins back to 1853 what were they? Do? What happened between 1853 and 1930? Were there? It was first Hausman and Hutt, um, which was in Amsterdam in 1853, and then it, there, there's been several trans, transitions from then. Mm. And then in 1930, the elephant appeared and Jumbo was born. What else do they publish? They have published almost everything. So on their top games on BGG, their top two games are Go and Chess. 
Okay. So obviously they didn't make Go and Chess, but they but they yeah, they are probably publishing of mass toys and games. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of their those obviously their highest their highest rated things. There's a couple of them there, like diplomacy, but like backgammon. So they they they, they publish yeah, lots of stuff. But but this is yeah this is a really great game. I saw the reason why I was saying that is because I saw another game they're publishing pop up on Instagram. Can't remember for life what it's called. Maybe it'll pop up back Thanks, one day. That's great info. But, <laughs> but I saw it. I thought, oh, that looks really good as well. If it looked up your street, so you know one day I might remember what that is and mm. tell you about it. So. Wonderful. Yeah. And so what we're going to play next? Uh, I don't know what we're going to play next. Well, I was thinking... Oh, you were thinking, were you? Um, something, to do with, something to do with magical creatures, harvesting, farming. What you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking... Well, to be fair, for my birthday, you gave me the Tigrat Dragon Society board game. Card and game. And I was... All right. Pernickety mm. <laughs> <Nicotine> Nelson. Um... <laughs> It says it on the box. Yeah, but it's it's the game, the Tea Dragon Society game. Um, What's the Tea Dragon Society for those not in the know? Oh, for those not in the know, you're about to have a big old treat for yourself. Um, the Tea Dragon Society is a wonderful graphic novel written by uh, Katie O'Neill, um, and it's about tea dragons, which are adorable dragons, uh, kind of like dog-sized creatures that grow tea out of their head. Magical. Tea. So what you say, okay, this sounds lovely, isn't it? And, they, and they, the illustration is gorgeous in the graphic novel. They're so cute, and you're like, oh my god, I can see what your fans are. But then you were like, oh yeah, and the, the owners snip the tea off and then put it in and drink the tea from their yes, heads. But then they have like magical like hallucinations together with the dragon. So they drug them? No, 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 no. The tea has magical properties. Also, and that, so as the dragon only, you get to share this experience with the dragon. That reminds. Yeah, that is. That is. That's very. That's that's weird. That's weird. No, it's not. That's weird. actually like, it's quite magical. Weird. They cut the head. They cut their weird. Like they cut part of them off and then drink and consume no, it. No, you're ruining it. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's not acquainted with the Tea Dragon Society graphic novels and likes the sound of this game, you should really. You should go and check it out immediately. It's one of the best things I've read all year. <laughs> <laughs> And I read a lot of books. Um, yeah, you read about hundred books this year. Yeah, so, um, it's it's very it's very 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 good. Um, I want to have uh, chamomile. Anyone who's a fan of the Tea Dragon Society, please tell me which dragon you'd like, and we can maybe form our own society. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> cut the hair. Do you want to cut the hair off a dog and drink that in tea and hope you have hallucinations together? No. <laughs> That's basically what this weird. is. But we might play the Tea Dragon Society card game this weekend, which is thirty to sixty minutes, despite being like a tiddly weirdy box. It's tiny box, and it was it wasn't very much money either. So I'm not sure how I'm not sure how it could be sixty minutes, but you never know. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, anything else on the cards? Oh, there's plenty of stuff we haven't. You played. bought Tiny Towns. I bought Tiny Towns after after, after trying to convince you. I just feel like it's the kind of game you would like. It's got critters on the box. I don't think the critters really feature in the game, but well, you know that I don't like catfishing on the box. <laughs> You know that I don't. Also, they're not that cute, really, as critters. They didn't spend that long on the critters there, did they? No, I felt like they added the critters after the fact. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know what would make this game sell possibly better? Adding small chipmunks. <laughs> Which, to be fair, it probably has. It probably, exactly. You're right, probably. Now, I want to play that. Also, there's a couple other games that are like on the other end of the spectrum. Like, I want to play Concordia, but that's but, yeah, that's quite on the other end of the spectrum of that. Yeah. And as if we're, doing, we're doing pretty well with the games we, we haven't played. We're waiting on Meadow to turn up. Yes, can't wait for that. Yeah, that and, and that's... But other than that, we're, pretty, we're doing pretty well with our play games. Yeah, we are. Yeah, well done us. Well done us. High fives all round. And to you, high five listener. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, do subscribe to the Birdwood Games newsletter. We have really exciting stuff coming out on April the 2nd, plus my interview with Ellie Dix from uh, The Dark Imp, and the winner of our Everdale competition. So make sure you enter that as well in the meantime. You've got until the 24th of March. Until then... Happy gaming. Happy gaming. Happy lifing. Happy life. And we'll see you on the flip side.
We will. Bye. Confusion. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>